0: Hey, it's such an honor to, to be with you today. Um, my name is Michael, like Pastor Haydn said, and, and, and I'm just I'm, I'm taken back. This is a crazy moment for me. Um, just a little bit about me, just to give you some context, is like like Pastor Haydn said, I, I went to this middle school. Um, I was in a fifth grader and I was watching Haydn play basketball. Um, he was an eighth grader. And we would come to his games because my sister, who, who's here, shout out to the sis, hey, what up, support? Um, uh, <laughs> He was the cheerleader. And I would come to the Schofield Middle School games and Pastor Hyden, like he was pulling up threes from like half court line, like right in the middle. And, and, and you know, I was like, man, if Jesus gets a hold of his life, he'll plant a church one day because he has the faith to do that. He has the faith to plant a church. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I didn't say that. But, but I would watch him from afar. He was an inspiration to me as a young aspiring basketball player. And um, I remember, you know, we, I went to Silverado High School um, years after him and he was the Gatorade player of the year. He was just an inspiration. Like every young man wanted to be Hayden Ratner, okay? And and I knew Hayden. I knew what was up. And so when he went off to college and he gave his life to Jesus, he would come back and actually the story is kind of a full circle moment for the, to this moment. My sister would invite me to a Bible study and I went to that Bible study and there was a room of about 15 people there. And that was the moment Jesus spoke to me. I felt the presence of God in that Bible study and I made a decision to follow him. And it was really from that moment that everything changed for me. I said, God, I'm giving my life to you. I'm serving you. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna give you everything. And it was at a Bible study. And I kid you not, Pastor Hyden, I saw him at that Bible study and there was something in me that jumped because I was like, God, if you could, use him. You could also use me. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew his past. I was like, shoot, that's a that Jesus. You good? Amen. And uh, he would invite me to his Bible study. And uh, man, I just I go back to that moment. I go back to that moment when I'm discouraged or when faith gets hard because I remember being there. It was me, my sister, my brother. It was three other people. I believe George was there. And it was a Bible study. It was six, six people in his apartment. Him and Nina just got married. And he would come back from college break and just open up scriptures and was faithful to God. And so weirdly, I'm, I'm kind of family because I, I was at the beginning of this church. I asked him to be an elder, he didn't let me. So I, now I, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I was at that Bible study and I just remember it like it was yesterday. He opened up John three sixteen. He talked about the sacrifice of Jesus, opened up Exodus, showed us the connection as the Son of Man is lifted up. Come on, somebody. So, you know, it's like the bronze serpent and he made this connection. And I just, I kid you not, if you know your scriptures, there's a portion in there on the Emmaus Road, two disciples, Jesus shows up to them. And the Bible says that when he opened up the scriptures to them, their hearts burned within them. And I kid you not, my heart was burning within me as he opened up the scriptures. I remember leaving that Bible study like I was on fire. I literally was like, something is like, it was the presence of God, the power of the word. And so I honor him really as a leader and a pastor in my life. Um, and I just think it's, it's just appropriate as a church community to honor the pastors that labor in the word. Can we give a big old hand clap? I know they're not here, but they're probably watching online. Or, of the video, come on, let's give it up for Pastor Hyden, Nina, and the family, man. It's just an honor. So I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. Um, a little bit about me, like he said, I'm a, youth, a pastor at Church LV. I made a huge sacrifice to be here. I drove one mile in, in, in my vehicle. Okay, um, <laughs> down the street. And I'm just so excited to share the word. I'm 25 years old. I know I look 24, but that's the Filipino blood in me. You know what I mean? That's the good genes. That's the that's not Jesus. That's 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 the oh, oh That's that Filipino in art. Anyways, um, hey, we're gonna have fun today. Uh, we're continuing a series called "Believe the Hype." It started on Easter. Believe the hype about the resurrection. If you missed that message, go watch it. Go on the page. Go on the website. Go on the Vimeo. Watch the message. After that, it was uh, believe the hype about the Holy Spirit. And to, today is really a follow-up to that message, and, and you're going to see how. The, the following week after the Holy Spirit was the believe the hype about motherhood. Shout out to all you moms out there. Praise God, Amen. And then after that was believe the hype. It was Last week, believe the hype about the kingdom of God. If you if you need to get caught up, I would I would catch up on this series. Really, the heart behind the series is belief. Believing is literally this conviction in your heart that something is true. Hype, hype is hype is that thing. Yes, it's something. It's something to get excited about. It's something to shout about. It's something to get you up in the morning. You know, there's hype. And so today, I want to add to this sermon series. A message effectively titled, Believe the Hype About Joy. Believe the hype about joy. And I'm really going to talk about the Holy Spirit and His role in our life to produce that joy in our life. Um, And I'm super excited. If you need a second title, the second title is, I Want My Joy Back. I Want My Joy Back. Look, I come from a talk back church and look, we excited to be here. Uh, That's the title right there. So when I say that title again, I need some energy. I need you to shout amen on that one. I need my joy back. Hey, let's go. I feel it, that's awesome. Come on, you you know, I had some like three sugar cookies, you know what I'm saying? Praise God for a church that gives cookies out. Pray that the calories will not count in Jesus' name. Anyways. Um, I'm going to read a scripture. I'm going to read scripture out of the book of Ephesians. Again, the Holy Spirit series, Pastor Hayden brought up the scripture. I'll use it as a springboard for today's talk. And I believe God's going to speak to us today. Man, I'm so honored. I'm just, I'm just excited to be in the house of God. I think sometimes we get used to the routine and we just show up, but I think there's something about God renewed to me the excitement to be in your house that we get to gather here today, worshiping you, multi-generational, multicultural, multi-economic church that is lifting up the one true God. Can I get an amen in the house today? Come on, this is a gymnasium. They ain't gonna let the, gonna let the flying tiger. Sh- Anyways, I was a flying tiger, praise God. All right, um, Ephesians chapter five, verse 17. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus and he says something so profound, speaking about the Spirit's, Spirit's work in our life and really um, talking about joy. And I'll, I'll show you in scripture later on in this sermon about this, this theme we're gonna see. He says this, he says, therefore, don't be foolish. Do not get drunk on wine. Hello, somebody, don't look at your neighbor. We in Vegas. <laughs> Do not get, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, I love that word instead. Everybody say that with me. Say instead. Instead. Come on, say it louder. Say instead. Instead. There you go. Instead, I love that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. You're talking about joy here. You gotta be joyful to look at your neighbor and be like, hallelujah, God is good, hey. And then they reply, yes, he is, yeah. I wish I could sing, I'm so mad at the worship team. They could sing, I just, I'm so mad. Look at your neighbor, sing a song to them. No, I'm just joking, don't do that. Don't do it, it's awkward. Um, Sing a song from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. I love that portion of scripture. Let's pray today. Let's pray today in this atmosphere. God, I thank you, Lord, for gathering us here today, God. God, I thank you for the different walks of life represented in this place. And God, I thank you that your word is timeless. It doesn't change. Culture changes. Years change. Generations change. But your, your word remains the same. And so we anchor our lives on your word. I thank you that your word says it will not return void in our life. So I pray that you would do what I cannot do and that would be change the human heart. As we declare your word today, God, speak to us. We love you. We're so honored to know you. Do a lasting work in us, Lord. We love you, God. And we just thank you in advance that the warriors are gonna win the the finals in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You said it, amen. It's happened. Come on, praise God. We can't let the Canadians win. Hello, somebody. Uh, Amen. Thank you so much. Praise God. Um, You know, in my church community, we're in a series really talking about the Holy Spirit, and so I felt like it was just God's like, timing to bring, bring me here today to declare this word to you. The Holy Spirit, the topic of the Holy Spirit has really been challenging my life as a believer. I've been walking with Jesus for about eight years now. And, and, and I, just, I just recognize this in the body of Christ at large, the Holy Spirit seems to be the forgotten God. As Christians, we serve and we believe we worship a Trinitarian God, meaning that our God is one being, but he expresses himself in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all three three distinctly different, but they are one. They are distinct, but one. That is the God we serve. It is a mystery. We won't understand it fully on this side of eternity, but we have enough evidence in scripture to know that this is the way God has revealed himself to his people. This is the God we have, he's Trinitarian in nature. That's why community is so important because we're distinctly different, but when we come together as one body, we perfectly exemplify the God that we serve. You can't be isolated, successful Christian. It doesn't work that way. We gotta be in community, we gotta love one another, we gotta be one, we gotta put our differences aside and we gotta say, no, what the most important thing is, is worshiping Jesus, serving him, loving him, honoring him. Come on, somebody walking with him. We're distinctly different, but one, we exemplify the God that we serve. He's Trinitarian in nature. You know, Jesus was talking about his disciples and he said, when you, you know, when you baptize people, I need you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus, that's names though. You just, you gave, you said name, but said three names. No, they're distinct names, but they're all one name because he's the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody, three in one. It's a Trinity, Trinity God. He's Trinitarian in nature. And we're good with the Father. I think a lot of us understand that. He's a good Father. He's faithful. Jesus, we love Jesus. Come on, we look at paintings. He's white holding a lamb. Hello, somebody. He's an American, like he's from America, but he's not. He's from the Middle East. Anyways, we're cool with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, that God, the Holy Spirit, he's like the forgotten God. He's the one we push to the side because we don't fully understand him. He's like that cousin we don't really People wanna be around because he has like fireworks and you don't know if he's gonna shoot you with a Roman candle. You're just like, you're crazy, you're wild. I don't know what to do. Are you, are you the type of like Holy Spirit? You're like the weird one. You're like It's like, no. Some of us, we've based our theology on the Holy Spirit by past experience. But the scriptures speak about a spirit that is holy that every believer needs. Listen, you cannot read the New Testament or you cannot even read the Old Testament and conclude that there is no spirit in these believers that confess God as you know, that confess Jesus as Lord. You can't conclude that. If you're an atheist here, if you've never read the scriptures, you can objectively read the Bible and say, "Man, there is a holy spirit in this text that is the power behind everything God is doing from Old Testament to New Testament. He's the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times we, you, you could read a Christian's life and so, so many times the Holy Spirit is not evident in their life. I had a question to consider. I want you to consider this question today. If you woke up tomorrow morning and the Holy Spirit left you, he won't, he doesn't, praise God. But if he did, would your life look different? Would, I, would my life look different? If I could be very honest with you, I think a lot of times the, the honest answer is, you know what, I don't know, I don't think so. I think so, so many times we, we, we like it safe. We like to package God in our own box and we like what we, but makes sense. We actually love logic. We, we like what, what is calculated in the Holy Spirit. doesn't always work that way. He is beyond us. His ways are higher than our ways, thoughts higher than our thoughts. And, 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 and a lot of our lives, if we can be honest, our life would be the same without the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear me. If our church and our life and our walk with Jesus could be explained apart from the power and presence of the Spirit of God, we're missing out. There's something more for us, amen? There's something more for us. Pastor Hyden, I want you to encourage you to read, uh, watch the sermon on the Holy Spirit. He'll give a more robust theology of the Holy Spirit. But I wanna point out an aspect of, of the Holy Spirit that is so evident in our lives and that's so evident in scripture. Because we know this, the Holy Spirit is our encourager. Come on, he's our helper. He's our advocate. Come on, he, he, he's, he's our, he stands in the gap. Come on, he, he prays prayers through us to our Father in heaven. But there's an aspect of the Holy Spirit that a lot of believers are missing out on and that the Holy Spirit produces joy in believers. Oh, you see throughout all scripture, we need joy. Where's our joy, man? And I'm saying we, because at moments, if I could be honest with you, it's like we're serving Jesus and, and we're doing his work and we are coming to church and we're even reading the scriptures. But then you look at our life and you go like, bro, are you, are you happy? Are you joyful? Do you, got, you, got a, you look discouraged and, and it happens. We need joy now more than ever, friend. I'm talking about a joy that transcends circumstances. I'm talking about a joy that's not dictated by what I'm going through. I'm talking about a joy that is connected to Jesus. Come on, somebody, not connected to my trials or circumstances. Ooh, I need joy. And I want to read a script. I want to read a bunch of scriptures to to, to show how the Holy Spirit brings joy in our life. Check this out in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 21. At that time... Jesus full of the Holy Spirit or full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Full of j- Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. I love that. Acts 13, verse 51 and, and verse 52. But they shook off the dust from their feet, talking about the disciples against them, and they came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with what? Come on, church, I need your help today. Come on, somebody. They were filled with what? There you go. They were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. It's like this union we're seeing in Scripture. Galatians 5.22. If you're not convinced, I'm going to convince you. All right. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Come on. There you go, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. By the way, that scripture says fruit of the spirit, not fruits of the spirit. Meaning, if the Holy Spirit's gonna give himself to me, I don't have to pick and choose what fruits I want. If I get love, I get self-control. If I get self-control, I get faithfulness. If I get faithfulness, come on somebody, I get joy. I wanna pick them. It's one fruit, it's all of them. It's a good deal. Look Look at this in Romans 14, verse 17. Uh, chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Ooh, I love this. I love the Bible. First Thessalonians 1, 6 through 7, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. If you can measure the Holy Spirit's activity in, in our lives, I think one indicator is, man, where's the joy level in my life? God, where's my joy at? Is it there, God? I think the Bible, you know, it talks all about joy. The Bible says the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of, you, some of us in here, are we're weak today and, and we think we need a natural strength. No, you don't need to hit the gym, praise God. Uh, sometimes, well, some of you, maybe, I'm not looking anywhere. I'm like, we all need to work out, be safe, physical fit, praise God. Bodies are temples, hello. A lot of us, the strength we're looking for is found in joy. The reason we're not strong in the faith is because we're not joyful in him. And kingdom strength can be found in kingdom joy. That's what I'm trying to show us today is found in joy, the strength of the Lord, friend. I need joy, we need joy, our world needs joy. You're talking to Christians today and they just, they try to catch their breath and they're like, are you, are you good? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know just, just, you know, you talk to anybody, you're just going through it, man, just going through it, just, just, just getting by. Why, why you gotta just get by? Why, why can't we live life to the fullness that God has promised to us? Why do we have to stumble our way through our life? No, we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, we have a relationship with God, we, we got life. Come on, somebody. Joy, the reality of discouragement is just so real in our culture. You just talk to people today. You know, you know Americans, we, we are 5% of the world's population, but we use 80% of prescription drugs in our world. 5% of the world's population using 80% of prescription drugs, meaning, look, we got the money, we got security, we got our clothes, we got our fences, we got our cars, we got our iPhones, we're looking for joy in all the wrong places. We are believing the hype about joy that the world offers, but there is a joy that Jesus offers that is greater than any joy that can be formulated or put in a bottle in a pill or anything like that. It's a real joy. We need joy today. You know, Paul in Ephesians chapter five, verse 17, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the spirit singing songs and hymns and praises to God. All throughout scripture, you're gonna see this connection with the Holy Spirit and with even drunkenness. Yeah, I said it. With drunkenness. I'll show you. Like, the Holy Spirit is also connected to liquid or like a drink. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Jesus said, Those who believe in me, in them will flow rivers of living water. It would be, and he says, that's the Holy Spirit. There was a time Jesus met a girl at a well in John chapter four, and she had been with five husbands and she left all of her husbands. We don't know the depths of her story, but then she was with a sixth man. She was not married too. She meets Jesus at the well and Jesus goes, girl, You thirsty. <laughs> you thirsty. And she said, look, he said this. He was talking about a natural well, but then pointing to his, his well. He said, you're getting water and you have to come back and back and back again to refill your well. But there is a water that I give. There is a, come on, somebody, there is a water I give to you that when you drink of it, you won't get thirsty again. It will be like a spring bubbling up inside of you to eternal life. He fulfills our thirst. When the disciples were, were, were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, catch this, this is incredible. The, the, the people on the outside were looking at the disciples and they were like, are they drunk? Let, read the scriptures. They were like, they drunk. And Peter gets up, he's like, no, we're not drunk. We, this is a pro- prophecy that, you know, the Lord will pour out his spirit on all people. We're just filled. How, how joyful do you have to be to look drunk? When, when when outsiders look at Christians today, do do, do they think, man, those people are drunk? I don't know, I want them to say that about me because there's something about the drink that changes who you are. It changes how you look. It changes how you walk. There is a different step to your step. There is a different way that you look, but it's the Spirit's way. It's not the drink way. And by the way, I'm not talking about alcohol in this sermon. I'm talking about anything we replace our artificial joy with, with anything. It could be a bottle, a pill, a potion, a TV, a person. It's whatever we go to to fill that void of joy in our life that does not come from God. That you got to keep going back to that well day after day after day after day. We need the joy of the Lord in our life, friend. The Holy Spirit, He is our joy. He is our joy. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. I, I love the word, word "instead." By the way, I love I love Paul. He's explaining something about the nature of God. That like instead, like don't get drunk. I got a better I got a better alternative for you. That, that God has so many insteads in the Bible. That when God tells us to walk away from something, He has something better in store for us in the future. He's not like when my mom said, Hey, Mike, we can't go to Disneyland today. We got to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I'm like, No, it's not the same. You can't replace it like that. Mom, I wanna go to, I wanna see Mickey, you know? He gives us a better way. He says, I'm not gonna give you death. I'm gonna give you, instead, I'm gonna give you life. I'm not going to give you darkness. Instead, I'm going to give you light. I'm not going to give you isolation. Instead, I'm going to give you community. I'm not going to give you cursing. Instead, I'm going to give you blessing. I'm not going to give you judgment. Instead, I'm going to give you mercy. I'm not going to give you despair. I'm going to give you joy. This is the God that we serve. He, he always has a better alternative. Even when he was talking about leaving his disciples in the gospels, he said, I have to leave because if I don't leave, I cannot send the helper. He, 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 I can't, I, there's a better way than me being here physically for all of you right now. There is a spirit that's gonna infill God's people and he will transcend cultures. He will transcend space. Come on, somebody. He can fill every believer in this place. He even said the Holy Spirit is the better alternative. It would be nice for us to have a little Jesus beside us when we go into our workplace, when we go into our school. And, Jesus, should I, should I watch this? Should I do this? No, no. He has something better. The Holy Spirit indwelling every believer. He fills us up. Why, do we, why are we so discouraged? Why, why, why don't we have joy? I want to answer that question today. Get very practical with us. I'm going to open up really the book of uh, Romans chapter 8. As I was reading it in my own personal time with God, the reason I'm putting this into the message is because when I read it, joy leaped up inside of me. That I was reading the realities of being a follower of Jesus and the Spirit's work and a believer and I literally was filled with joy. And I wanna answer the question today, why are we discouraged instead of joyful? I wanna get very practical, if you're taking notes, I wanna encourage you to take notes, paper doesn't forget, or use your phone, no biggie, I ain't judging you. All right, praise God. Why are we discouraged instead of joyful? Number one, write this down. We are sin-focused instead of Jesus-focused. We're sin-focused instead of Jesus-focused. Romans chapter eight, verse one and two, in the message paraphrase, Eugene Peterson puts it in today's language. It's a paraphrase. It's a great uh, like supplement to your regular translation. I love how he puts it. He says, with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fatal dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us, no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. In the NIV, it says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. It also says those who who are living by the impulses of the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who are led by the spirit have their minds set on the things of the spirit. There is something about the work of Jesus, friend, that the Holy Spirit, hear, hear me, where there is condemnation, there is no joy. Where there is guilt, there's no joy you'll never find it in the same sentence. And a lot of Christians, they're walking around, they hear about the forgiveness of God, they hear about the grace of God, but they don't deeply believe that Jesus has forgiven their sin. You know, people believe that the Holy Spirit is in your life to make much of your sin. But I have something else to tell you today from scripture that the Holy Spirit's job in your life is to make much of Jesus. Jesus said he would come to glorify me. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' hype man. When we fall, when we falter, when we, we fall on our face, the, the Holy Spirit goes, ain't Jesus good though? Ain't he, a, a, ain't he forgiven? Doesn't, doesn't, isn't he faithful? Isn't his blood stronger than your sin? Isn't his forgiveness greater than what you've, what you've done? And so many Christians are walking around with a low lying posture because they're, they're convinced God is more concerned about their sin than they are with his relationship with them. God is more concerned about your relationship with him he, he makes much of Jesus. Listen, when the Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus, the light, the world is convicted of their sin. When I see Jesus for who he is, I could see the stains in my shirt. And I want to, I want to, I'm not talking about like God is not trying to deal with sin. I, I am saying the Bible says we are dead to sin in a life to God in Christ Jesus. We are talking to sin too much when we don't have a relationship anymore. Some of you, you're reminding God of what he's already paid for. Some of you, you're reminding God of of what he's already forgotten. God, I did this and I I know, come to me. Come on, come to me. I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna give you a second chance. Come on, I'm not preoccupied with your sin. I want you to serve me. I want you to love me. And you cannot have condemnation and joy in the same sentence, friend. This is a word for somebody. He's not concerned with your sin right now. He wants you to come to him with all of you, but he wants to take care of your past so that you could walk in the life he's called you to live come on somebody when we remind jesus of our sin he says that has been forgiven forgotten forever i'm forgiven i don't gotta walk around overwhelmed by my past anymore he's worthy he's awesome the holy spirit is our lawyer When the enemy accuses us, he gets up in the court of law and says, hey, I know you have an accusation against my my child, but but they they have an alibi. They're in Christ. (laughs) They're in Christ. So when God looks at you and I, he doesn't see our sin. He sees blamelessness, spotlessness, righteousness. Come on, somebody. That's the good news of Jesus. Can I get an amen in the house of God? Come on. So good. He is so good. Number two, I want you to write this down. Why are we discouraged instead of joyful? Number two, I believe we are trying instead of trusting. We're trying instead of trusting. Romans chapter eight, verse four. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for, but we could not deliver is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, come on, simply embrace what the spirit is doing in us. I think a lot of us, were not joyful because we're just doing too much. We're trying to do God's work in our own power. Like some of us, we're in the will of God, we're following God, but we think we have to keep the ship moving. You know what I mean? The ship, praise God, I didn't say the other word. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Haydn, I said ship. <laughs> Speaking of ships, one of the words in the New Testament describing the Holy Spirit is pneuma, which literally means a wind a breath of fresh air. Uh, 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 a, and some of us, we have our ship, we have our compass, we have our crew, but we're trying to paddle the Titanic on our own effort and we ain't going anywhere. Come on, somebody, we're tired. And you look at people, they're just like, hey, you good? Yeah, man, serving the Lord today. Are you good? Yeah, yeah, man, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You need a break? I think so. It's like, bro, jail. Chill. You're doing too much. Let the wind do the work. Oh, that's a message in itself. Let the wind do the work. The Holy Spirit breathing under the sails of every believer. Come on, our our responsibility is obedience. God's responsibility is outcome. We're serving Him. We need the breath of God. You know, I watch the National Geographic a lot. I watch the Discovery Channel a lot. Anybody in here, you're a fan of that stuff? Anybody? I just love it. It's just awesome. I just think it's awesome. I watch a lot of the shows and they they feature the the American eagle. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen the eagle? One flap, and they just chilling. They're just like, what is going on? And four four miles later, all right, for sure. You know, some of us, we look like hummingbirds. We're, We're flapping really fast, we look really cute in our Christianity. We're doing everything on God with, without God's power and we're not going anywhere. The Bible says, mount up like wings on eagle. I will, I will, come on, I will walk and not grow weary. I will run and not grow faint. There is a spirit, a pneuma, a breath under the wings of every believer. We just need to trust God more. And I'm not even saying do less because a lot of people go like, I'm just so busy, I'm so busy. No, we're, we're blessed with full schedules. A lot of us, man, we just, we, we're full schedules. And so many people, they quit things, they change their schedule, thinking that that's gonna solve It's like, no, you don't gotta do less. You really just gotta trust more. Just, God, I need you. Like, I need you, to just, just, could you breathe in me? Someone needs to hear that today. The Holy Spirit wants you to just trust him, trust his leading. Sometimes I feel like God's wait, waiting for us to stop flapping. And then when we're done and tired, he goes, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. I'm gonna give you rest. Come on, stop flapping so much. You look like Flappy Bird. Like we don't, come on. <laughs> trust God, amen? Instead of trying, we gotta trust, we gotta trust more. Number three, write this down. We are leading our lives instead of being led. We're leading our lives instead of being led. Why are we more discouraged and joyful? I think we're leading our lives instead of being led. The Bible says in Romans 8 14 in the NIV, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. One of the evidences that we are the children of God is that we're led by him. We're led by his leading, his spirit nudging us, wooing us to go in the direction he's calling us to go in. You know, I've been married for a year, coming up in a year and a half now, and uh, I'm just gonna be very honest with you today. I need to listen to my wife more. I just do. I just, I don't know what it is about us men we, we think we know better a lot of the times. We're just like, no, I got this. Boo, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm a man. It's like, no, you don't, bro. Listen to your wife. Any, any wives in this? Can, can I get a witness in the house? <laughs> All right, President. Come on, babe. Stop. Stop clapping. You know, <laughs> don't embarrass me. I need to listen to my wife more. There's things she's told me to do in this past year and a half. I just didn't listen and I should have listened. Like she told me one time, like we were going to our apartment and she's like, is there a fire in our apartment complex? And I was like, babe, chill, that's a barbecue. Like, don't even, don't even worry about it. We, t- we turned into the, to, to, into, the, into the apartment complex. Lo and behold, there's a fire in an apartment and I get out the car, super frantic. I run in there like Superman. There's nobody in the building. I was kind of mad because I wanted to be on the news, but it was all good. Then I got back into my house. I closed the door and my wife's just in the living room looking at me. I told you she'd been telling me to go to the dentist for three years two years while we were dating and I look I brush my teeth every day and I floss three you know three times a week I know it's not every day don't judge me it's something you know what I mean she'd been telling me to go to dentist and I'm like okay whatever and then a couple weeks ago I got tooth pain anybody ever got tooth pain before oh my goodness man I read an article that a woman had three babies and she said her labor hurt less than her tooth pain. I'm not going to claim that because I don't want you moms to judge me, but come on somebody, it hurt a lot. I was, I was in pain and I got a root canal. The whole debacle took like four days. I got home, she's just looking at me. Oh, she's just looking at me. Just, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. Just the other week, we were at a food festival. Right before we left the house, she said, grab a jacket, Mike. And to my reply, I said, I'm good. Summer's about to hit. We're good, and lo and behold, as we're at the festival for three minutes, a windstorm hits the festival, and now I'm cold. I'm not enjoying my time. I had to go to H&M get a cheap jacket. I left the tag on, no stains on it. I might return it. Don't judge me. But anyway, I just jacket. I just. I'll totally you jacket. And I'm just shivering, not enjoying my time. And I think a lot of us in our Christianity were there. We're like God. Why'd you send the wind? And He said, I, "Holy Spirit is like I told you to get a jacket, because I want to lead your life. And when I, I know the future from the end, I know the end from the beginning. And when I tell you to get grab a jacket, trust me, because I have provision for you. When you go through the storm, you will not be cold. Come on, somebody, I got a jacket for you." And I learned this about following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Does God speak to you audibly? I've never heard his voice. I, it's impressions, okay? It's like God nudges this, that, you know, it could, you know, it's just like, man, I, I feel like, man, this feels you know, like, you, you get my point. <laughs> it's these God nudges. And I learned that if you don't enjoy that voice initially, joy will also, will eventually come to your life. Like initially, it's not always easy to follow God it's not always easy to follow his leading. Initially may not be joyful, but eventually joy always comes when you know you're in the will of God, following his voice, and even when my circumstances don't seem to fit all the right places, I know that God, I'm following you, you're leading me, I'm your child, and there is joy to know that you are not doing this life alone. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen, man, amen. Number four, I want want, want you to write this down, we're almost done here. Why are we more discouraged than joyful? Number four, write this down. We're complaining instead of singing. I think, Honestly, can I be real with you? I think a lot of us, we're not joyful because we're just not content. We're waiting for perfect circumstances to give God the song of our heart. But that's not how it works. There's an illusion of the future in our lives at moments. It's like, when I get there, then I'll be joyful. And then we get there and there turns into here and we ain't joyful. But how, how many of you know there's, there's joy available today, right now in whatever you're in. There's a word for somebody, there's a song in your heart and God's just waiting to hear it. I'm not talking about the words on the screen when we worship, I'm talking about a song from your life. It says, God, you're faithful, you're good, you're awesome. All throughout scripture, there's songs of remembrance. When like today gets hard and right now seems tough, and I feel like I can't catch my breath right now, what I can do is recall the faithfulness of God in my past. I could could say, God, man, you spoke to me at that Bible study. You shifted everything in my life. You changed me, you made me a new creation. I'm not the same person, God. I know it's hard right now, but you've been good. And I was praying for my loved one and you saved them, God. They're serving you now, they're in church now. I know it's hard right now, God, but you, you are good. Man, all throughout scripture, you see the Israelites. God, you took us out of Egypt. God, we were slaves in Egypt. You took us out of Egypt and you provided for us in the wilderness. When we were hungry and thirsty, you came through. And so why would I believe if you came through then, why why can't I believe you can come through now? He's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he was faithful then, he's gonna be faithful today. I'm gonna sing a song to you, God. Woo, you've been good. All throughout scripture, you see songs of even observation. The Psalm writer is just like, you see the mountain over there? Ooh, that mountain declares your wonders, God. The lightning declares your power. Look at that bird. They, they're flapping, but but they ain't worried about their food. I don't gotta worry. You're good, God. And they would just use whatever is around them to worship God. When you can't find anything in your life to worship God about, just look around. Just look. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, we just need to slow down and go, man, God, look, I okay, it's all good. I got a family. You remember when you prayed for your spouse, and now your your spouse is the prayer request that you don't you can't seem to get away from. God send me a man, and now you're like God. Why'd you send me this man? No, He answered a prayer. The blessing is not a cursing anymore. It's a blessing. Songs of observation. God, I, I prayed for these kids, and you sent me these kids. You know. When they're, when they're acting crazy, remember they're a promise from God. Songs of observation, and all throughout scripture, there's songs of anticipation, songs of expectation. Look at Romans real quick. I'm almost done. I got a couple of scriptures to read, but I just feel the Spirit of God in this place. Look at what Romans says in chapter 8, verse 22. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. Look at the end of that verse. The joyful anticipation deepens. Deepens And all around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also, uh, we're also f- uh, feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren body of, bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. And that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. Ooh, I love that. And we of course don't see what is ent- uh, enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the longer, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. There is a joy before a fulfillment that's just as real as the joy after a fulfillment. And there's a the times where we just sit back and go, God, this creation is going to you. I got something to sing about. You got something to sing about, amen song of anticipation it's a great verse in Isaiah 61 I promise you we're we're concluding here I think it sums it up what what I feel like is our prayer today as I really felt like this was the word that I needed to give to this community it's the portion of scripture Jesus actually quotes in Luke chapter 4 when he started his ministry he opened up the scroll of Isaiah 61 and he read this portion of scripture to inaugurate his, his, his arrival he said the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Check this out. The, I love the Bible because when Jesus quotes, it, we don't got time to go there, but in Luke chapter four, he reads the year of the Lord's favor. And then he cr- closes up the scroll. He doesn't even read the next part where that says, and the day of vengeance of our God. And Jesus doesn't read that part when he stepped on the scene over 2000 years ago, because when Jesus stepped on the scene, he was inaugurating the favor of the Lord. He's saying, I am coming to serve the world and to save the world that, that, come on, we have something to sing about today. We are standing in the favor of God. We are standing in the Jubilee of God. Every day I wake up, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I am waking up in the favor of God. It's here, it's now. I don't got to wait. I can experience his goodness today. Whew. And check this out. He says, and I'm gonna provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And here, here's, here's the word that got me today. The oil of joy instead of mourning. There's, there's a good instead in the Bible. The oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair. I don't know about you, but I need the oil of joy. And we have evidence in the scriptures to believe that the Holy Spirit is that oil. The Holy Spirit is God's promised oil of joy that his well does not run dry. That he has, listen, there's oil available for you. Some of you, you just need oil. Oil in the scriptures, it, it, it meant celebration, new beginnings, favor, blessing, and joy. God, I need your oil. God, I need your oil. I need joy again. I need joy again. You know, in the scriptures, when they made the tabernacle, God commanded the Israelites, bring the purest of olive oils to the temple. And I need you to fill up the lantern so that the fire will continually burn. And he told Aaron, check the lamp continually. Did you know God wants your fire to continually burn? That we're not supposed to get weaker the longer we serve Jesus. We're actually supposed to get more joyful when we serve Jesus and stronger when we serve Jesus and more excited to serve Jesus if I could be honest, if we could be honest, God, it's like, man, I don't know if I've been watching my lamp, God. Lord, I don't know. I'm serving you. I'm going through life. I know you love me. I, I'm coming to church. I'm, I'm trying to read the scriptures. I'm, I'm trying to give you my sin. I'm, I'm, I'm serving you. But God, I don't know if I have been watching the lamp. I don't know if I've been opening up my life for the oil. God, I, I don't serve you like I once did. I don't worship with the fervor that I once worshiped you with. I don't, I'm not excited to get up like I once was. God, I'm more excited to go to sleep. I think these days are getting harder, God. I, I know you're with me, but are you there? Are you, are you there? And Jesus is saying, yes, I got oil available for you. The oil of joy, the oil of joy so that your light will continually burn. You know, there's no light without oil. There's no fire without oil. There's no witness without joy. I think for many of us, we're not talking about Jesus to our loved ones and to our coworkers. It's not not because we don't love God. I just don't think we're actually enjoying him. We naturally talk about what we have joy in. Have you noticed? We overflow with praise to whatever we put our joy in. Have you gone to this restaurant? Ooh, it's bomb. Have you gone to this movie? Oh, it's good. Have you seen the savior? He's really awesome. He's been faithful to me. He came through for me. He could come through for you. we begin to talk about him because we have the oil of joy in our life, friend. We need that oil today. And that's my prayer for us today. If we we could just take a moment, maybe bow our heads and close our eyes.